Hi, I'm Mike Burton of Star Wars Comics and Canon and Genuine Chit Chat, and I'm here to talk to you guys about a new monthly show that's coming out on Comics in Motion very soon. Now the show is going to be called the Comics in Motion Book Club, and it's specifically going to be tackling one-shots, mini-series, or small volumes of ongoing runs of comics. The idea behind it is a host as well as a handful of guests are going to sit down like an old school book club and talk about the comic, the narrative, their thoughts on it, the art style, and just generally all aspects of the comic in question. We would also love to hear from you guys on the show, so please make sure you send in your thoughts, your questions, or anything you'd like us to say on air, and you can contact us either on social media at comicsinmotionp, or you can email us at comicsinmotionpodcast at gmail.com. We're also going to have a rolling host, so it's going to be a different person each month, just so there's a nice big variety of the kind of comics that we tackle, and obviously the guests are going to change as well, so every month is going to be something different. I'm going to be the host of the first episode, and unsurprisingly, we are tackling a Star Wars comic. It's going to be the first volume of Darth Vader, Dark Lord of the Sith. It's the 2017 Darth Vader run, written by Charles Saul. We're going to be tackling issues 1-6 to six for the Chosen One arc, but the trade paperback collection is called The Imperial Machine. You can find this on Marvel Unlimited, and you can also find it on Hoopla, as well as you can buy it on Comixology and all the usual places that you find your comics. So with that all said guys, the countdown begins. Happy reading, and we look forward to hearing from you. Yeah, but we can't start without some theme music. <laughs> yes! Oh, that's brilliant! I always knew it was worth building a robot entirely from old trumpets. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 22 of Superheroes for Dummies, the show that tries to bring everyone up to speed on the comic book world. I am your super dummy Paul and of course I am joined by Mr. Dan. How are you, sir? Uh, Insert quirky Doom Patrol tagline here. (laughs) Works for me. (laughs) I usually have have something quirky to say every week, but this week I got nada. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Mr. Steve, how about you? How are you today? We're doomed! We're all doomed, I tell you! Oh, I like it. So, as you may have guessed, you, the listening public out there in the ether, have decided that we shall be speaking of Doom Patrol. Yeah. Insert the usual fanfare here. Um, um, this one's a weird one because I wasn't prepared. Yes. I honestly thought Dr. Fate had won it. So this has thrown me a massive curve. <laughs> and the reason behind it is, and Faye Clark, if you're listening, the countless votes for Danny the Street have nudged it in the Doom Patrol's favour because you can't mm. really have an episode just on Danny the Street. Um, but we'll come to that wonderful entity <laughs> later <laughs> in the episode. <laughs> Bad fake cock. Bad, bad fake cock. Bad, but one. Keep up the good work. Exactly. <laughs> um, yes, another group. and But actually, this time, for those of you who have spent the last month trying to catch up on our um, episodes of Dream and the Endless, we have less questions. So hopefully, this won't be quite such a bumper. Um, it won't be so dark. But I imagine... <laughs> no. Oh, well... 
Mm. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. This is another Vertigo title. So, um, deep oh, okay. is uh, the word of the day. This is definitely uh, more Dominoes, less Pizza Express. <laughs> I like it. I'm having it. I'm stealing. Yes. <laughs> Very good. Um, yeah, so we haven't had, had many, many questions on this one. Uh, but I have no doubt that along the way, our minds will be suitably turned to mush that we all have enough to keep us going. Oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So I guess the first question is when did they begin? How did they start? Who are they? What did they do? <laughs> Pick um, one of them. <laughs> well, believe it or not, um, again, a lot of people would be dragged into this insane world of the doom patrol via the excellent tv series but they've been around since the 60s they're a product of the uh, bronze age uh, 1963 to be exact the first appearance was in a very strangely titled comic called my greatest adventure issue 80 uh, the book was due to be cancelled so the editors decided well let's stick some superheroes in it they seem to sell well let's try and turn this comic around and lo and behold it did because within a few issues they'd retitled the my greatest adventure doom patrol um so they were a success and they were a success for a couple of years until the title got cancelled with issue 121 and they were a strange, quirky bunch of misfits and outsiders. They weren't like your square-jawed um, visions of perfection that every other superhero was. These guys were the weirdos. These guys were us with powers. These guys were misfits and outcasts, and that made them different. Um, until, within the space of a few months, another team of misfits and outcasts who also had a leader who went around in a wheelchair called the X-Men turned up. But I'm sure we'll talk about the similarities between both teams throughout the course of the episode. But yeah, they started in 1963. <laughs> I would say they've been going strong ever since, but that would be a damned lie. <laughs> they've had seven volumes uh, of runs from seven issues to 70 issues and everything in between. And uh, they had more members than the human centipede. And they, they're just damn weird and wonderful. Thanks for that image. <laughs> Sorry. My head is pulsating already. Oh, mate. Yeah. Scratching the surface, bro. <laughs> so how did they come about in that initial title? Was they it was it another one of these that they just sort of threw random stories in and this just happened to be one of the yeah. ones they threw in? Absolutely. Created by uh, two writers, Arnold Drake and Bob Haney, who um, have, have gone on to do lots of wonderful things with various characters throughout the years, but they're most remembered for creating the Doom Patrol. And an artist called Bruno Palmi... Oh, was it? Oh, God. Premiani? Palmiani? I can't remember. I, I should, really should have remembered that one. But anyway, three guys who literally, as I said, the, the book was going to get cancelled. It was flopping. It was doing miserably... And they said, well, let's stick a superhero team in there. They seem to be doing quite well. Fantastic Four was smashing it for Marvel. So they said, let's try and do something different like Fantastic Four, but not a family as such. Maybe like a complete opposite of a family, a bunch of people who should not work together, do not work together and see how that does. 
and lo and behold history was made and the team that appears in that first issue and that first run of stories has been more or less the backbone of all the teams since um the only one person who's been there from the beginning is robot man who in his initial appearance wasn't even called robot man he was called automaton for about three or four issues um which i kind of like as a name but they thought no no we need Mm. to have a something man you've got a superman a spider-man let's have a robot man that that sounds cool Um, yeah exactly let's why why be original that's stupid (laughs) (laughs) the original let's do origin not original yes um (laughs) so yeah robot man um elastigirl a negative man and a character that you guys will probably know better from the teen titans one of the original members was a uh, beast boy um garfield logan himself who's now more famously a titan or a teen titan but yeah that's the story this the comic was going to die so they breathed new life into it and they gave it a few years of life by doing so and we got we got crazy crazy stories out of it oh yeah so many <laughs> So I remember I was, I was talking to you about this the other day because I, I had two pictures, which funnily enough, one of the pictures is the one that you've got in, the, in your background. Yes, I do. You were saying that in the comics, Cyborg is not part of the Doom Patrol. Never was. But he's in the TV series. Yes. Why is that? Personally, I actually think Cyborg is a much better fit for the Doom Patrol than he ever was for the Justice League because he is that person who... Because of his very nature, because of the fact he's half man, half machine, is an outsider. And we saw it brilliantly done. If you guys have seen Zack Snyder's Justice League, the proper Justice League movie, let's be honest here. (laughs) Um, He is the heart and soul of that movie because he's the outsider. And his journey from how he starts the film to how he ends the film is Mm. very similar to his journey in the Teen Titans comics, which has a real close link to the Doom Patrol, which we'll come into over the course of tonight. But because he basically, we said it in his episode, he's the one hero who, just due to the nature of what he's become, could easily have gone to become a villain. But he didn't because of his strength of character, because he's, you know how much I love Cyborg. I could rant on about Cyborg for days, weeks, months and years. We already did it in a two hour episode. I'm not going to do it again. But he's a better fit for the Doom Patrol because he is that person who could have been the outcast and the outsider, but he sees himself as a hero. And that is a great person to have in that kind of team because uh, I don't want to get into spoiler territory because the more you watch the show, the more you realise, you think, well, actually, God, this is a match made in heaven. Maybe he should have been in the comics, but he serves a brilliant purpose and he works. It really, really works having him in there, in my opinion. Others may not agree, but I I honestly (laughs) think he's great in it. And because I just want to see more Victor Stone. I'm selfish. I'm a fan. More cyborg, the better. Yeah. Yeah, I have to say, from what I have seen, he does fit in really well yeah. as the sort of... I don't know, he kind of brings all the quirkiness of everyone together in a way. Because he's about the only real person there, isn't he? Which is quite hilarious, yeah. considering he's basically <laughs> half the person to start with. He's the only one who isn't, like, completely in la-la land. He's a bit more grounded. He's yeah. fantastic. I can't wait for you to see it, Dan. Honestly, uh, uh, uh. like I said, it's, it's on my uh, it's on my wish list, though. So. Boom, baby! Yeah, booyah, booyah! 
Oh. Right. Well, we did have a couple of questions on the uh, on the creation. Uh, one of which you kind of alluded to. But first of all, we had one from our good friend, Matt B. Lloyd. Of nah. this very network. Um, now, he says, how did Arnold Drake come up with the idea? Sort of a riff on challenges of the unknown with different results? It's That's a very good description. The challenges of the unknown were... A DC group who literally again were just a bunch of adventurers without superpowers and there is a lot of that vibe here there's almost more of a Alan Quatermain, Indiana Jones vibe to some of the early adventures but it's literally because as I said the book was going to get flushed down the toilet but what Arnold Drake decided to do and Bob Haney was rather than have these archetypal heroes that everyone loved Let's do a 180 and make them a little bit different, a little bit quirky, a little bit more fallible, um, not in total control of their powers, which again bears striking resemblances to um, the X titles that many people have loved since. But this did come out first. Um, but as a fan of the X-Men for many, many years, maybe X-Men did it better, but I think there's a next question about the X-Men and relationship to the series and he said don't dive too deep into that but literally Arnold Drake wanted to do an adventure series with weird and wonderful superheroes to case in point they weren't even going to be called the Doom Patrol at first they were going to be called the Legion of the Strange which actually fits yeah yeah and they've often been called ever since then the world's strangest heroes and again that's pretty much spot on Hmm. Is there where was the point where they suddenly changed the name to Doom Patrol? Do it was well, there a from reason? the first issue they're called Doom Patrol, but it's been in interviews and in collections and in trade paperbacks ever since when Arnold Drains talked about the series. Um that um he wanted to call them the Legion of the Strange, but as it was already a Legion of Superheroes and all other sorts uh, of things, and they didn't want to say this and let's just call them something different. And um the fact that almost everything this team does over the years causes doom and destruction to either one of their members all of their members or to the world around them doom <laughs> patrol does actually fit them to a t but i love legion of the strange i think that's a great name yeah with you there meanwhile with the legion of the strange yes mm. that works <laughs> <laughs> cool um, so our next question is from Mr. Tony Farina, and Tony asks, so Doom Patrol, X-Men ripoff, or is the X-Men a Doom Patrol ripoff stalemate? That's a brilliant question. I mean, I expect nothing less from people like Tony and Matt. Again, Doom Patrol did come first, and they've got so many similarities, the outcasts, the the heroes that have almost got no right to be heroes the hated the shunned but what doom patrol did was still the old classic golden age silver age thing of um experiments gone mad or horrible accidents of science what marvel did with x-men is create a brand new different origin which was so simple that it was genius that these 
people are literally just the next step of evolution. They're born with their powers. Every power is different, and it takes effect at the worst fucking age possible when things are already going wrong. You're getting spots. Your hormones are going mad. You don't know if you're a boy or a girl or a fridge or something in between. You don't know whether you like boys or girls or fridges or something in between. And let's throw superpowers at you at the same time. So while there are many similarities, there are huge differences. And again, unlike Doom Patrol, X-Men have been around almost constantly since they had a lot of similarities because they both initially vanished from the shelves at the end of the 60s and then came back big in the 70s. Um, But Doom Patrol, while they died in the 60s, kept popping up. They weren't great again until the 80s. Um, So... Yeah, so many similarities, but I wouldn't say either is a rip-off of the other. They both share many commonalities, but they're both brilliant in their own unique ways. I think that's the most diplomatic way of putting it. But um, everyone's heard of the X-Men. Who, apart from a few nerdizzles and people I brainwash, have ever heard of the Doom Patrol? (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Which is a shame. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I ever heard of the Doom Patrol until I watched the Titans... TV series, yeah. mm. but they grabbed you from there, didn't they? Were you yeah. not interested? Actually? I was interested. And well, the show like, is more of the same, dialed up to twelve and a half. Uh, and like, <laughs> like I said, like I want to watch it like through Prime, like I said yeah. before. But the fact that I've got to pay an extra, however much, just it's to annoying. Watch. It was on Netflix, yeah. and it's gone. Let's hope we just all get HBO Max in this bloody country soon and everybody wins. Hey, that's the dream. That would be nice. Yes. Thing is, everything seems to be going on there at the minute. Yep. It's grand. Mm. Grand. Yes. Thank you, Matt and Tony. Thank very you. Very much. Boys. It does, it does seem to be it was in that era of all the companies were looking over each other's shoulders. So mm-hmm. we expect nothing less from them at the minute. It's funny because in the 60s, Arnold Drake, who created the Doom Patrol, blatantly said that Stanley ripped them off. But years later, oh, he calmed down a bit and said, well, actually, we were all mates. We all went drinking together. It's it's quite normal that maybe he did overhear something or maybe he just came to the same kind of conclusion by himself. Forget it. X-Men rule, Doom Patrol rule, let's all be friends. Um, pass the cake. You like cake? Mm, cake. Like. <laughs> <laughs> right. Away from cake. Um, so, you very briefly mentioned the original lineup. Mm. Is it worth a sort of headline of each of them give an idea of who they are yeah of course absolutely Um, as Um, as we've said with the groups before if people want to learn more about the individual characters do vote for them individually we'll give an overview on this one Um, but there is a lot more to each of them well oh yeah absolutely or tweet me I'm always happy to talk about them. Are we going to include Cyborg because of the TV show? We've had a Cyborg episode already. Go listen to that because you're missing out. Yeah, Yeah, I think we've. Yeah. Right. Well, 
Negative Man's the first one. He's the chap you'd always see wrapped up in bandages like a mummy. And basically that's because he's got an energy being that lives inside of him, um, which over the years does evolve and change. But um, it's it's brilliant because even back then they were dealing with strange themes like multiple personalities and body dysmorphia and your own self-esteem and stuff. Then there's Elastigirl, um, who, apart from the name, bears a very little resemblance to the character who shares her name from the wonderful Incredibles movies. But um, Elastigirl isn't like Mr. Fantastic or really getting around a plastic man in the comics. She's called Elastigirl because she literally can go from being easy, busy little person <laughs> to being ginormous, huge woman. Um, she's not that stretchy bendy, which they've changed in the TV show slightly, but it does work. Um, and, and I do know why they did that. And that's the impression anyone would get. If you say Elastigirl, you don't think someone who shrinks and grows, you think someone who stretches and bends. Mm-hmm. So that's probably why they've done that. But um, the character herself is virtually identical to the comics, the way she acts, her personality, the fact that she's like the mum of the team, which comes into effect greatly when, uh, again, when they adopt Garfield Logan. Um, and Steve Dayton, aka Mento, joins the team. Um, so she's always been the mum of the team. Then, of course, there's Robot Man, Cliff, my boy, <laughs> the voice of the viewer, if you're watching the TV show, because literally his tagline is, What the fuck? <laughs> um, he says it at least once per episode or yeah, 10 times yeah. per episode because. Whatever happens in the episode, it literally is exactly what we're thinking. And we're about to say it, but he beats us to do it. And it's beautiful. He's literally just a living human brain in a robot body. Yeah. Um, then, of course, over the years, we get lots of other members. Uh, Crazy Jane, who, again, wasn't part of the original lineup at all. She doesn't come into Grant Morrison's run in the 80s and 90s, but she's fascinating. And, and this is Grant Morrison's imagination all over. He's one of the guys we mention a lot amongst your Alan Moores, your Neil Gaiman's, your Frank Miller's. Grant Morrison put this team on the map, and the TV show is almost, almost 90% plus based on his run. And okay. rightly so. He brought in characters like Crazy Jane, who, um, boy, easiest way to describe Jane. Um, she's a person with over 60 different multiple personalities. Each one of them is a completely different character, uh, can be different age, can be different racial type, different um, religion, different intelligence. And each different character has a different superpower. So she is friggin' terrifying and unstable to the max. They're the core members, along with the chief, Niles Calder, who brought the team together. And uh, again, I'm sure there's questions about him and what he is or isn't. And then, of course, we have Dorothy Spinner, who is the little ape-faced girl who has imaginary friends who are... (laughs) God-level powerful, and if she thinks about them too long, will enter our world and cause never-ending reams Mm. of shit. (laughs) But again, um, that's all to come in season two, and I don't want to spoil it for anyone who hasn't seen the show or read the comics, because that's the tip of the iceberg. Then we get sentient streets and uh, living comic book characters and people who flex their muscles and the earth moves quite literally and everything in between. 
Ah, Flex Mentello, how much we love thee. <laughs> yeah. Danny the Street. Very good. Yes. Or Danny the Dan. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Danny yes. the Street isn't always a street. He's an ambulance sometimes. But anyway, um, let's, let's, <laughs> yes. let's keep I, I have I'm not even joking. I haven't got to that episode yet. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I have heard that. <laughs> um, yeah, I hope it wasn't there like a, they teased the change in the TV show and then there was the joke going around that he was Danny the Wheel because that was all they showed of him or something. That's all I know of it. I ain't saying I Yeah, I, I want your mind to be blown at the appropriate time at the appropriate episode. <sighs> That's going to be fantastic. Yes, I'll shut up now. Um, yes. So those are the originals. How in how did they come together in the initial story, and has it changed? Is it one of these that they've chopped and changed the origins of, or? Oh, so much. Oh, really? Sometimes so badly. When they came back in the 70s, they were literally just another superhero group. And it was fairly rotten. But they did introduce some great new characters like Celsius and Tempest. Um, But on the whole, read the initial run for the origins and for the classic characters who are the mainstays that keep coming back. Read Grant Morrison and Rachel Pollock's run and read some of Jared Way's run. The rest avoid. I mean... I've spoken quite often about a guy called John Byrne, who's a comics legend, who what he did for Superman was magic. What he did for the X-Men and the Fantastic Four is unsurpassed. What he did for the Doom Patrol was utter, in my opinion, horseshit. So even he could have an off day. Um, Because basically he thought, well, I rewrote Superman. Let me do what I like. Let's erase everything about the Doom Patrol. Let's do them my way and... No. Literally, as soon as he left, they rewrote it all back. That's how awful it was. And I love John Byrne. I'm a huge John Byrne fan. But to me, his Doom Patrol doesn't exist. Don't read it. It won't be on the reading list. Save yourselves. Um, So, yeah. um, Lots of runs. Lots of different creators. Some of it amazing. Some of it pretty damn bad. But the best of it has been distilled like a fine whiskey into the Doom Patrol TV show. Uh, whiskey. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. um, yeah. Because, yeah, what I know of from the TV show is that the chief is the one who sort of brings them together as a... Um, to save the world. For, and yeah. help them, poor people. Mm-hmm. You'll... I have heard tell of things that have gone on for later series. Zipped. Yes, I will say nothing. You will say Fish nothing. You yes, will give away nothing. Yeah. It's I really annoying talk. because <laughs> I listen to so many podcasts that these things get spoiled for me quite a bit. But this guy. You know, it's the journey, not the destination. Oh, so deep. 
Oh, wow. That's, that's about as good as you get from me. Moment right there. <laughs> that was Chicago Town Deep. Beat, mate. Lovely. Well done, Claudio. Mm. <laughs> Apparently, this is the hungry episode. Yeah. Yeah. Today's episode is brought to you by the sound. Mm. Oh. <laughs> Simpson is my spirit animal. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, All right. Next question from Mr. Matt B. Lloyd. He's back uh, again. He's back, baby. And he asks, uh, Niall Col- Niles Calder, um, savior to damaged individuals or exploiter of damaged individuals? Yes, absolutely. Well put. <laughs> <laughs> Well said, Matt. You answered your own question. Again, I don't want to get into spoiler territory because I want people to read some of these comics and I definitely want people to watch the TV show. He brings them together. Yes, he is ultimately their saviour, but to what ends? Why? And were all those things really accidents? I will leave it there. Yes. So, great answer there, Matt. Um, I'll try and pick up a question for it. For those who are listening who have not yet watched the TV show, like myself, yes. I don't want to spoil it for you because honestly, you're in for a treat. It's a wild ride. Uh, And only 20 odd episodes, easy. Yeah. Like I said, I've got a taste of them on the uh, Titans TV show. Yeah. And I am intrigued. Mm. It gets better. Yeah. Um, Especially as they bring in Timothy Dalton as the chief. They replace the guy who played him in the Titans episode. And Timothy Dalton, well, he's a British acting royalty. He's a national treasure. He's a G, and I love him. Most underrated Bond ever. Yes, I mm. said it. <laughs> Do you know what? He's actually my favourite Bond after Sean Connery. Yeah, definitely. It's right. Connery, Dalton, Craig for me. Every step of the way. Connery, Dalton, Moore. Yeah. That's another episode. <laughs> <laughs> 007 for that. Moore and his moments. Uh, don't, don't, don't even talk to me about Brosnan. Anyway, again, different podcast. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, the TV show did do it really well. Even right from the get-go, you're not quite sure whether or not you should like The Chief. Oh, wait till you get messes. to season two. Amazing. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, so, I understand the lineup has changed quite a bit over the years with um, various people coming and going and being added in and chopped and changed who who are the most notable the sort of the ones that made the most impact over the years oh that's a tough one 
Well, let's talk about the one mainstay, the one character who's been there through every iteration, and that's Robot Man. That's Cliff Steele. The uh, race car driver who has a horrific accident that basically leaves him a brain in a metal body. So again, he could have gone bad so many times in so many ways, yet he is one of the most lovable, amazing, great characters in all the comics, not just in Doom Patrol, in all the comics. So he's the mainstay. The ones that come and go are, again, more or less, in most cases, the originals. Elastigirl, now Elasta Woman, um, Negative Man. Beast Boy's come and gone. Um, there's a brilliant era when the Doom Patrol didn't have their own comic, and we've talked about it thousands of times on this show, Marv Wolfman and George Perez's Teen Titans. Because they brought Garfield into the Titans, of course, they had to bring his surrogate family with him the Doom Patrol and there's some brilliant moments with Robot Man and Cyborg and the Teen Titans and um, it's just great stuff I mean honestly I know I can't really put Teen Titans comics in the Doom Patrol um, reading list but if you do want to read some great Doom Patrol stories pick that run up um, pick that run up anyway because it's one of the greatest series comics ever made um, then of course again Crazy Jane and her multiple personalities uh, the Negative man conundrum is brilliant because at first it was just an energy being that shared a body with him. But over the years, that energy beings left him and joined up with another person, negative woman, who was a Russian cosmonaut. And then at a time when the, the thing was dying and so was Larry Trainer, it um, absorbed a female doctor, a black lady. And so then all three were joined together so that it was a man in the form of Larry Trainer. It was the Doctor and it was a negative spirit. And again, this was bringing in transgender, multiple personalities, stuff into comics decades before I even I learned more about the LGBTQ community from comics than I ever did from TV, movies and life. And that's probably why um, I embrace people. Um, or like the wonderful TV show Shits Creek said, um, I'm interested in the wine, I'm not that interested in the label. And I learned that from comics. And it's, it's a wonderful thing. And the whole thing of Rita Farr and Elastigirl is handled so amazing in comics. You know that literally is just about someone who looks in the mirror and sees a big fat blob when in reality they're anything but. It's the things that this is the wackiest, craziest set of comics, the wackiest, craziest TV show in the world. But at its heart, it's just about us human beings, fallible, useless, wacky, crazy human beings. And how if we just try, if we really want to, like we say at the end of every episode, we can be heroes. And that's the main takeaway from, from Doom Patrol. And that, that's why I love it. Good eras, bad eras in between. There was always something, an issue or two in every run that was worth reading. Apart from John Burns' one, but again. <sighs> oh, well, John. Yes. I'm going to have that song stuck in my head now, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. Big bad John. <laughs> um, our next question is from Mr. Mike Burton of Star Wars hey, Comics and Canon. The force is strong in this one. This very network. Of this very yes, of this very network. Oh my god, how absent-minded of me. Um, 
Mr. Burton asks, uh, what is the shortest length of time someone was a member of the Doom Patrol? Um, John Burns one, which was a very, very short run. Um, so a few issues, seven to ten issues. Um, uh, and don't ask me to name them because I hated that run so much. I just ignored <laughs> most of the characters introduced. Grunt and Blur or some such nonsense. I'd pass. Well, <laughs> just, but, just um, be, yeah, just some, issues, some characters only appeared for a few issues. Huh? I said, just be grateful Max Byrne isn't asking you to uh, name them all. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> or, 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 or who they've shagged. Yeah. Wow, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, do Elastigirl's uh, booby stretch and I mean, that, that's the kind of thing I was expecting to get in these episodes but thankfully yeah. um, no, good sensible yeah, questions cool. our yeah. questions are very high brow yeah. oh, well, if anyone's going to lower the tone in this episode it's going to be us three, damn it <laughs> <laughs> we're good at that <laughs> so yes um, a couple of the John Byrne ones didn't last very long, but I don't even want to talk about those because they make me angry. Fair so to change that question then, mm-hmm. who, what character was a member of Doom Patrol that you think should have been a member for longer? One that you liked but was removed oh, too soon? I did love the original run. And it's it's a, it's it's funny actually. It's it's that's quite a really deep question because with the show, on the whole, it's mainly the Grant Morrison Rachel Pollock one with a bit of the uh, the the last um, run as well. But it features all the classic characters who weren't really in the Grant Morrison and Rachel Pollock runs. So. I would honestly love, and I'm not even joking here, for someone to literally adapt the TV show into comics. Because, A, it would really work. It would be brilliant. And you'd get the classic characters, the main Doom Patrol members, in the best stories rather than some of the newer, more random characters that aren't that um, well-known in the great runs because if you pick up grant morrison's run while you recognize the story and the villains in most cases you wouldn't recognize the team i mean like the team behind me like you said dan earlier you said who are these people these aren't the guys from the show and you're right apart from robot man and the chief who else is there uh crazy jane and dorothy who doesn't even appear to series two and negative man the rest like tempest you know so yeah it's a really good question um i love cliff the chief depending on whether he's being evil that week i i I like Mm -hmm. dorothy i adore though she terrifies me her power is just nuts but while i didn't like crazy jane much in the comics diane guerrero's performance is so Stella, the way she literally is 20 different people sometimes in one episode is just so amazing that i've gone back to reread some of the grant morrison issues and i like her more now so if there's one character i'd have to like to see more of now it'd be crazy jane i think in any of her iterations rachel chalice um 
Sun Daddy, all of them are a brilliant character. I mean, the fact that she's 64 different people with 64 different sets of powers, that's she can have a series of her own that will run for decades. So Crazy Jane would be one of them. Yeah, well, all those personalities, you would run for decades. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You could each just write one issue per character, that's 64 issues, job done. Boom. Done. Job done. Yeah. So DC, Vertigo, Black Label, if you're listening, checks payable to us three. There you go. Sorted. I appreciate this. I've been millionaires by now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you'd like to see more of Crazy Jane. But twisting the question on its head again, because, <gasps> you know, we've got the time. Yes. Who was a member of Doom Patrol that you think shouldn't have been in there for as long as they were? Oh, none of them. All the ones who were there for a long time deserve to be. Um, oh, absolutely. No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change a thing, for, for, especially with the classic characters, especially with the original lineup. All of them are so brilliant, so real, so well realized, so fascinating that I wouldn't remove any of them. I would maybe, because again, with with hindsight, the thing the TV show's done is even though certain people do horrible things, the reasoning behind what they do it gives you a bit of sympathy to them. Um, so while they have adapted comic stories really really well in some ways they've bettered them and polished them and made them a bit more easy to grasp and make the characters a bit more sympathetic so i wouldn't change any of the characters but maybe but again that's messing the thing sometimes these old silver age and bronze age stories are brilliant because they're so not bad but so cheesy and so hammy and so of their time so maybe that's actually doing them a disservice um no actually i wouldn't change a thing apart from possibly erase the entire john Byrne era um <laughs> so the characters themselves nah they're great um some of the eras yeah i just wish they hadn't bothered i would have had like like the prof said i would rather have like 10 years of no plastic man and then they bring it back into something great than constant doom patrol and some of it be absolute poop and not even nutty as squirrel poop, as I've quite often called this show, <laughs> um, but just plain poop. Okay, so next question again from the wonderful Mr. Farina. He's the man. Uh, he asks, Do you think Gar belongs with the Doom Patrol or is he better fit with the Titans? Again, brilliant question. Also, who is Gar? <laughs> Gar. Beast Boy. Beast Boy. Um, literally ah, the green-skinned gotcha. wonder. He's a young man who can change into um, basically any animal that ever existed. Um, from a dinosaur to a grizzly bear to an elephant to a rhino to a chimp, he can turn into it. In the TV show Titans, he's only really changed into a tiger or a snake. I don't know why that is, but maybe that'll change over the years. But yeah, Beast Boy, um, again typical comics product of a accident gone wrong he gets adopted and taken into the doom patrol raised by elastigirl and mento but he then goes off and joins the teen titans now i i always think that again this is just biased on most tinted glasses that the 80s teen titans run which featured garfield featured beast boy 
is one of the greatest series of comics ever written. So for me, he'll always be a Titan, even though he started off in the Doom Patrol. But again, there are crossovers and tie-ins with both teams. So he's one of those guys that just fits everywhere. Um, you don't just stick Batman in the Justice League. He's Batman and the Outsiders. He's um, Batman and the, and the Gotham Knights. He's Batman and he's basically all his sidekicks. Um, so, oh man, that's such a good question. Titans first, but in later years, he did go back to the Doom Child and back to the Titans again. So um, it's like when we leave home, we still go back to visit the family, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. So he was born to be a Titan, but uh, he'll always, always have a little place in the Doom Patrol too. Is he sort of the, the main example of a solo character jumping around like that? Because you say that as a team they've appeared here and there. Is mm. he the main solo person to have done the same? He's the only character really from Doom Patrol who's gone on to do other things with other teams. So yeah, definitely. Oh. The rest of the team I have wonder... just been in the Doom Patrol. That's strange. You would have thought they could do so much with all these different characters. Agreed. Absolutely. Part of it it was again, and we mentioned this in the Sandman episode, that when Grant Morrison came in and when Rachel Pollock took over, that's when the book changed from being a DC comic to a Vertigo comic. Right. So they kept the, that those universes and characters aside because they were so radically different, so more adult in their content, the language, the um, horror, the humour the adult themes of, of, of sex and sexuality and gender and everything else that they couldn't really get away with in standard comics. But when Grant Rotten did take over initially, it was still a DC comic. And again, like with Alan or something, DC put it out without the comics code approval because it was so out there. And that's what saved that team, those characters. So Garfield already left by that point. He was firmly ensconced member of the Teen Titans and DC Comics fans knew him and loved him, even those who didn't know bugger all about the doom patrol so it makes sense that as soon as he joined the titans keep him in the dc universe but keep the rest of the doom patrol apart from guest appearances here and there in their own little niche universe that's probably why that happened um sort of makes sense i mean it'd still be nice to see more of them but I absolutely completely agree with you yeah as I think I've, I've, I can't remember which episode I mentioned it in, but you get all these characters like the guys in Doom Patrol who don't get that push. Like you have like the big three, like you have Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, and you have these characters like this, and you're intrigued by them and you'd like to see more of them, but you don't because they don't get that. Absolutely, it's a bit unfair. So, but the other thing that happens with comics, and you both know, is sometimes when a character becomes popular. They end up getting so overused and so watered down that you get sick of them. Uh, and that's how I feel about people like Deadpool uh, and Lobo. I'm just like <laughs> overkill. I've, I've literally just had enough. Um, so like the prof again said with Plastic Man, I'd rather just see him every now and then and love everything I see him in and see them everywhere and badly handled like that example when dc decided to use death and make it just an aspect of death not actual death personified and that bugged me so yeah 
it depends on who's writing it and who's drawing it, I guess. But sometimes less is more. I had something really wise in my brain to ask, but apparently I forgot what it was. So. <laughs> That's not like you, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> you never forget so anything. Never happens. You're like uh, the um, oh, that animal. What does never does yeah. forgetting? What is yeah. that? Yeah. I forget. Yeah. I knew it was an elephant. I was just being poor. <laughs> what are we doing again? Where are we? Huh? We're doomed! Doomed, I tell you! <laughs> oh, yeah. Nobody, please think of the children. <laughs> First, there was the DC Comics News Podcast. Then came the Spinner Rack. And now, the third show brought to you by the guys that brought you all that other stuff I just mentioned. I Am The Night. A story about the stories. A show celebrating Batman, the animated series. Week by week, episode by episode. Just when you thought it was safe to put on a pair of headphones, I am the night. Why, hello there. I'm Seth Singleton, and I'm here to tell you about Mad Pup, a Harley Quinn cast. Three, two, one. Harley Quinn? Harley fucking Quinn? What have we learned from this crazy show? Making bat shark repellent relevant since 1966. Oh, look, Ogre. And we've gone completely off the rails. I hear the bat signal. Shut up and bat them, nuts. I definitely do not fuck bats. In need of an adult-sized nemesis. Humans make good fertilizer. You can't fuck with Lois Lane. For fuck's sake. I'm a damn good cop. Lot of lasers. Mmm. Educational and informative. The DC Comics News Podcast Network presents Mad Love, the Harley Quinn cast. <laughs> Back to you, Seth. So, tell us your thoughts. We'd love to hear from everyone out there. Or not. That's really up to all of you. Fuckers. All work and no play makes for a dull way to live, don't you agree? Join me, Adam Ray, and a very special guest each week on The Hostile Takeover, where they and I discuss their favourite game, PC, console, board game or tabletop, whatever they decide, what we will talk about. Let gaming be the way forward. Working's too much. It's time for a Hostile Takeover, coming soon to a podcast feed near you. In a world of stereotypes, being called a geek comes with a certain image. There is still that ingrained thing within me that is a little bit embarrassed about it. In reality, geek culture has never been more mainstream, and behind every geek is a real story. My dad was the one who got me into Star Wars and things. Join me, your super dummy Paul, as I continue my learning experience and talk to the real people. I'm a secondary school teacher, so I teach 11 to 16 year olds in English. Hear their stories exclusively on fantastic universes. He's one of them like, you've ever gonna grow up? And I'm like, no, why should I? I, I like my life, I, I enjoy what I do, this is my hobby. Available on all your favorite podcast catchers.
Hi, my name's Steve, and I'm here to tell you all about the DC Comics News Podcast. Every week, my friends and I sit down and discuss everything DC. Movies, TV and streaming, comic books, and everything in between. But don't just take my word for it. Here are a couple of our sponsors. Listen to the DC Comics News Podcast. It's audio justice. <laughs> no, no, no. It's audio chaos. These wackos are crazier than I am. Well, maybe you're both right. Whatever the case, you can find the DC Comics News Podcast on every podcast platform. Apple Podcasts. Google Play. Spotify. Stitcher. And everywhere else you find podcasts. So, um, can I go now? Let him go. He did everything you asked. <laughs> Hello, listeners. This is Tony Farina from DC Comics News and an occasional guest on Comics in Motion. I'm pleased to announce a new show called Indie Comics Spotlight. Each week, my guests and I will be taking a deep dive into a current title or a classic graphic novel from a publisher other than the big two. Consider this show the best of the rest. My hope is that we'll bring new readers to independent comics and give old readers a chance to share their thoughts. Join me each week in the Comics in Motion feed in your favorite podcast catcher. Next question is from Mr. Mike Burton of this very network. Uh, this probably ties into actually what you were saying about why maybe they haven't been used so much. He asks, how are the members of Doom Patrol morally? In general, are they good, bad, anti-hero, neutral, etc., etc.? And again, what a great question because... Oh, with most comics, it's so clear-cut. You know exactly who the villain is, exactly who the hero is. With Doom Patrol, because their characters are often so skewed and so dark, I mean, Jane, a lot of her personalities are downright freaking nasty. But the dominant personality of Jane, or Kay Chalice, the original person whose body they all inhabit, um, is an innocent that they fight back and they're the moral backbone of that situation. But on the whole, um, yeah, they're damn good people who are literally just trying to wade through this shitstorm we call life. So I would call them flawed. I would call them human beings who are just trying to be a little bit better. And some of them start off dark, twisted, selfish, um, completely up their own arses. But because of what happens to them, they become better people. And in doing so, better heroes and do end up saving the world eventually <laughs> <laughs> through farting donkeys, giant cockroaches or whatever else happens and talking rats and living streets and whatever else so on the whole they're flawed people just trying to be good that's the only way i can describe them 
they're not your Supermans or your Wonder Womans or your Victor Stones. And that's why that's mm. why we do need Victor Stone in there. That's why we need Cyborg in there. So they do have someone to think, oh, he's pretty cool. Oh, he's going to join the Justice League. Let's try and be like him mm. with very varying degrees of success. <laughs> so he can serve as that person where if they're going to walk down that dark path, Cyborg's the one to snatch them back and be like, Exactly. No. Exactly. Yeah. Great question. Thank well. you. Uh, thank you, Mike. Uh, thanks, Mike. You're the best. Uh, our next question is from Mr. Matt B. Lloyd. Matthew. Uh, she, uh, he, sorry, she asks, he asks. <laughs> Only on weekends. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Matt, your secret's out. The B um, stands for Betty. <laughs> <laughs> Oopsie daisy. Sorry, Matt. Sorry, Matt. Um, Matt asks, what's the deal with Celsius? Was she really a conniving fraud? Now, clearly... Mr. Lloyd has done what Mr. Ray has done and not read all the comics. Because I will say that there were some points where I thought, what is this? This isn't Doom Patrol, this is pooped. And I stopped reading. So, yeah, Arani Desai, Celsius, is introduced as Miles Calder's called, called wife, the chief's wife, which he flatly denies and says, that's not true, she's a liar. So depending how many issues you've read, you'll probably think, oh, hang on, I know Niles Calder, I know the Chief, he's been around for years. If he says she's lying, she's lying. So she's basically just come in to usurp his role and create a Doom Patrol for herself because she's just horrible. But it turns out she actually was his wife. He was lying and he was being a complete cock-flavoured lollipop. So um, <laughs> let's be honest that... <laughs> depending on how much you've read you may see her as a conniving fraud but honestly the real liar here as always was that bloody man useless sacks of skin a lot of them we should all be women Ooh, interesting Ooh. that's a whole different podcast <laughs> back to betty yes thanks betty <laughs> matt <laughs> yes that's interesting Ooh. These bunch They're a confused lot aren't they We should be our own Doom Patrol uh-huh, uh-huh. We should be yeah. Well we already are superheroes You know Sam Lotfi yeah. and Brad Anderson Proved that oh. Wow oh. Exactly yes. of We as heroes mm. uh-huh. Picture proof is available somewhere on Twitter. I can't remember who posted it. Tony and well, pretty much everyone. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we do, we do. <laughs> yes, we have been immortalized as our favourite heroes, people. Check out Twitter and you'll see what I mean. Two wonderful artists uh did a commission of the Comics in Motion gang as various heroes. The Justice Avengers of Comics in Motion we call ourselves. Booyah. Very, very exciting. Indeed. I've showed it to uh, uh, some non-comics people, and even they loved it. And the picture as well. Yeah, exactly. 
that again. Listen to the weekend. Balls. Oh. Oh. Um, yes. Probably best to move on from that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm in a silly mood today. The Doom Patrol just brings out the worst in me. They're good like that. The worst and the best and the crazy. Yeah. They've certainly got the crazy. Mm-hmm. So I was going to ask about all the various peeps who have been involved in the creating of Doom Patrol, but you've gone yes. through sort of them. Now, you have, I'm going to do the question that you hate because, you know, oh, no one else asked it, so I'm going to. You said who Thanks. did it worst, and, you know, let's not drag his name through too much more mud, just maybe a little bit. Um, who did it best? Gwen Morrison and Rachel Pollock, without a doubt. And it's it's frustrating because... Everyone talks about Grant Morrison's Doom Patrol and you can pick it up in 20 different versions, but no one talks about Rachel Pollock's and that's really sad and it's never been collected. You can't actually get them unless you find them on a few legal torrent sites and online if you look hard enough. But they haven't been collected into book form and it's tragic because she not only carried on what Grant Morrison started, in a lot of ways she made it deeper and richer while not quite as wacky, there was still plenty of insanity in there. Um, so to me, those two, Jared Way, um, who other people might know is a very famous musician, um, Google him. I'm not going to tell you which band he's in because you should know this by now. And if you don't, what kind of music do you people listen to? But he's also, it's funny, he was brought on to write Doom Patrol because his other creation is a very similar wacky, crazy, far-out team of super-powered individuals known as the Umbrella Academy. Oh, yes. So they brought him into Doom Patrol, and his first run was actually pretty brilliant. The second run... Actually, I think there's a Jared Way question. So he was hit and miss. Some of his ideas were fantastic. Some of his characters were brilliant. But um, it felt in places just wacky and silly for the sake of being wacky and silly. It didn't really add to the storytelling the same way that Grant Morrison and Rachel Pollock did. So I will say that Arnold Drake's original run, classic. Paul Cooperberg's run where they were just basically superheroes. It was decent. It was a good superhero comic. It wasn't really Doom Patrol. Um, Grant Morrison and uh, Rachel Pollock, outstanding. That's probably the best the series has ever been. And since then... John Arcudi, not bad. Again, mainly a superhero comic. John Byrne, we already discussed it. Burn it, if you do own it. And um, then Jared Way's two runs. Very good, worth reading. But Jared Way's runs have something that the others don't. And that is the immaculate, beautiful, outstanding, gorgeous art of Nick Derrington. Google him, search him, pick up anything you see of his. The man is a genius. People who are collecting the new Panini Comics Batman title, Batman Gotham Protector of the Night, mm. the story of Batman Universe is drawn by Nick Derrington. He is a G, and he drew the Jared Way issues, and he's the longest. Honestly, he's the guy who's drawn more Doom Patrol than anybody else. So um, for that reason alone, it's worth picking up Jared Way's run because Nick Derrington's art is so damn good. 
But writers, Morrison and Pollock, 100% all the way. That's what the TV show is based on. If you like the TV, that's where they got the stories. But with often completely different characters, I'm in them. Right, okay. Yeah. And then you read my mind because I was going to ask about artists as well. <laughs> oh, Darrington. 100% the best in portrayal artist. And um, during Grant Morrison's run... Um, the covers by Brian Bolland, who drew The Killing Joke, mm. famous judge, 2080 artist, one of the greatest there ever was. Yeah, that's good stuff too. Lots of good names attached. Absolutely. Quite. S- some real legends. Strange that all the runs seem to not last very long. Because it's a crazy-ass comic. It's it's Marmite, <laughs> honestly. You love it or you hate it. And 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 Grant Morrison and Rachel Pollock managed to tap into that perfect blend of totally surreal. I mean, in places it's like what if Picasso made comics or Dali? Honestly, it's it's that out there. But it's the characters and their humanity and their flaws as much as their heroics that make those comics timeless classics and what make the TV show the same. Yeah, freaking do's. TV show was good. Mm-hmm. So we were talking about Jared Ways, and funnily enough, our next question is from Mr. Tony Ferriero. Yes. And Tony asks, uh, do you think that Jared Ways, a young animal run, fits with that fits with what came before, or was it just a copy of a copy with his work trying to capture Morrison's run, which is, for my money, the best? Yeah, I have to agree with Tony 100%. There's some great stuff in there, don't get me wrong, and some great characters were introduced, but it did feel in many places that it was just crazy for crazy's sake. He was just trying to out Morrison Morrison. And it's a shame because Jared Way is a brilliant writer. He is a terrific writer. But if you want to read his best work, read his creation, read um, Umbrella Academy, because that, again, is fan-bloody fantastic that's great stuff that's that's a comic that's stands on its own it's totally original it's totally different um again it's a new origin all these people are born on the same day in the same year and each one of them has got a different power and someone brings them all together and are they going to save the world or are they going to destroy it keep watching to find out um jared way is a fantastic writer so while i Really like a lot of the stuff he did on Doom Patrol. It did feel like it was trying to recapture the glory days of Grant Morrison and Rachel Pollock. In my opinion, other diehard Jared Way fans may disagree, but did they read the Morrison Pollock run? I don't think so. So, yeah, I agree with Tony 100%, long and short of it. <laughs> if you read it first, it's wicked. But if you've read the stuff that came before it, you think, no, oh, okay. Hmm. Whatever. But he had big shoes to fill. Really yeah, big I was going to say that that must be quite a difficult act to follow. Yeah. Also, Umbrella Academy, another show I need to watch, unsurprisingly. Yeah. I started watching it, but I never got into it, so I need to re-watch it. Because I, I did the same with what I did with like, uh, Game Umbrella of Academy, by issue three, issue three? Episode three is really <laughs> one and two are a bit hard game, but 
once you get into halfway through season one, it's amazing. Yeah, do keep trying, but watch Doom Patrol first. Because Doom right. Patrol came first. There would be no acad- Umbrella Academy without the Doom Patrol. Uh-uh. Okay. Just on Tony's question, mm. he mentioned Gerard Young's Young Animal run. What's the deal with Young Animal? Uh, Young Animal was a, again, DC a brilliant at really trying to get readers involved and young animal is basically well what it says it's it's young adult imprint so it's basically aimed at your 14 to 19 year olds it's that kind of comic where they'll swear a little there'll be a little bit of nudity there'll be a little bit of uh, quirkiness a little bit of edginess the grown men might just think oh god that's childish but kids should not be touching it's basically just a way of DC to grab different readership groups, and which to me is one of the things I love about DC. You've got your Vertigo and your Black Label for the truly mm. grown-up gritty stuff. You've got your um, Brian Bendis's um, oh, Wonder Comics, which is literally anyone from the age of 8 to 80. And you've got the main DC comics, which, again, are basically family-friendly. But for those who look deeper there is other stuff underlying that you won't catch if you're a kid that you will see if you're a grown-up so that's what dc okay. did really well uh young animal was basically a whole run of titles aimed at that kind of audience the ya audience uh, is that was how pivotal was gerard way in that was he leading so it gerard was he a big deal He's a terrific writer and, and a concert. He's, he's fantastic. I love his music. Um, but uh, because Umbrella Academy was so brilliant, DC said, we need this guy and we want to bring back the Doom Patrol. He is the perfect fit. And okay. the whole Young Animal imprint was built around um, his Doom Patrol. And then other titles oh, okay. came on board it. So there was like a few different Young Animal comics. Oh. But it was more or less built around Jared Way's Doom Patrol. The same way that Vertigo started out of Sandman and was basically the illegitimate love child of Alan Moore something as well. But it led to Doom Patrol. It led to um, Animal Man, Shade the Changing Man, Books of Magic, Constantine, and so many other titles. But that was purely for adults. Young Animal did the same sort of thing, but for a young adult audience. Okay. They called it. Ways way, very good. Yeah, Jared had his way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's late, people. <laughs> um, uh, okay. Moving on from my brain into Mike Burton's brain. I uh, sort of answered it, sort of along the ways. He asks, "How does the Doom Patrol TV show?" compared to the representations in the comics how does each character compare and the general theme slash feel of the show what a great question really really good question um like i said the stories a lot of them are literally lifted out of the comics but using the vintage characters from the 60s and the later runs rather than the characters who actually were in those actual comics so it's, it's brilliantly done mm. because it ties in all the eras of doom patrol what it cleverly does it, it even brings in some of the characters from the lesser known runs that people don't know or necessarily like as 
the original Doom Patrol, which is hilarious considering that they're not they're the later Doom Patrols that didn't work, but they made the originals. Whereas in the comics, oh. the original Doom Patrol that did work. <laughs> so it turns that. that around. But the characters themselves, honestly, they're virtually identical to the comic book counterparts, apart from one. And that is the chief. The chief in the original comics was a heroic leader who brought these misfits together and you loved him until his dark secret was exposed. And then you hated the bugger. The TV show have done the same story, but rewritten it in a way that makes him a lot more likable, even though you don't know whether you ever trust the man again. And that is brilliant writing and brilliant acting on Timothy Dalton's part. So... Um, very true to the comics. It's weird because they're exactly the same, but completely different. That's the only way I can put it. Same stories, different characters, but the characters they use are exactly as you know and love them. So, brilliant question, Mike. You've clearly been watching it. Yep. That's my take, anyway. Fair enough. Unlike the comics, I've loved every episode of the TV show. Apart from that motherfucking cliffhanging into season two. Ah, Season three, I need it now. (laughs) It's coming. See, this is the benefit of being so behind. By the time I get to... Yeah, you're you're lucky. You'll probably finish season two the day before season three drops. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And, I'll still be on and you'll probably one. you'll probably finish um, Miracle Man: The Golden Age just on the thirty first year when Neil fucking Gaiman decides to drop this this bloody rest of the Silver Age in in, in comics. Yeah. Well, he's not looking good, is it? He's a very busy boy at the minute. <laughs> Yeah. I do love, do love Mr. Gaiman. He's an awesome man. He I is. love him. For Twenty-nine <laughs> fucking years is long enough. <laughs> breathe. <I> breathe. breathe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was our last official question. Oh, I'm sad to say. That yeah. was fun. Yeah. But has season three been confirmed? Then that they are doing. Yes. It? Absolutely. Uh, well, well, season three, episode one is actually the last episode of season two, which COVID killed. It's oh. already half shot. They just never got to finish it. So they held it over rather than release it half made. So, yes, yeah, season three is definitely coming. They couldn't cancel that show. It's too good and everyone loves it. Critics, fans, the universe loves that show. And once you've watched it, you will too. But I want to add a few things to, to, to whet the appetites, as it were. Crazy Jane and her personalities. Mm. Let me just name a few of them. And let's talk about Danny the Streaks, otherwise Faye Clark will kill me. Okay? And one other character that hasn't been mentioned, um, who who needs to be mentioned. Um, And that is... Danny the Street. (laughs) Without spoiling too much, it's what it says in the tin. Imagine a street so full of character that it is one. Imagine a street. How do you communicate with a street? Well, when you're out there, how do streets communicate 
it with ah this way to the station ah that way to the supermarket that's all i'm gonna say but then how does a street communicate to express itself what if it leaves little comic books lying around in the shops on that street and you pick up that comic book and the character in that comic book called Casey Brink talks to you and you learn things from Casey Brink. But then what if Casey Brink teaches you so much and becomes so real in your imagination that Casey Brink becomes real? That's some of the stuff you've got to look forward to, I hope, in the TV show. But that's some of the stuff that's only in the comics. And when it comes to Crazy Jane herself, when you've got one of her personalities is a character called Silvertongue. And literally what that means is every word she says appears in silver and is shot as steel. Or what if one of the characters inside her is a tiny little child who's sweet and innocent, but whose rage is terrifying. All that awaits you people who've never read or seen Doom Patrol. The reading list is short, but there's a viewing list. Watch the damn show. <laughs> and that's all I have to say about that. You beautiful bastard. I try. I can be very <laughs> trying. Just ask Paul, Dan, and anyone who knows me. You're a real piece of work. Nasty piece of work, mate. Yeah. Ask anyone. <laughs> Silver tongue. Is brilliant in the show. That whole thing with um, Alvida Zane when they're uh, going through the trying to find the chief. Very good. Fantastic. And I shall say no more. Oh, it's unusual. I've got things I can spoil. I can feel yes, the power. You two have reversed roles this week. Paul actually knows yeah. more about the Doom Patrol but that will change and who's destroying the house um, that would be my beloved wife tell her we love her <laughs> Steve says he loves you <laughs> oh, <hi. laughs> <laughs> she's making me a drink she just talks to little ice cubes <laughs> cool as ice Women sacrifice. Love oh, that song. Cod never bothered me anyway. Uh, let it go. Let it go. Sorry, Elsa. <laughs> Do you want to be the snowman? No, fuck off. No. Okay, bye. <laughs> Last two minutes. Sorry, Adam. Yeah, sorry, Adam. So yes, that was our last official question. Um, is there anything else we should cover? Mm. No. Watch the Nothing show. except for watch the damn TV show. Yeah. Damn, watch show. The damn show. Get on it. <laughs> do it. Do it now. Do it. Yeah, I'll do the <laughs> um, speaking of getting to the chopper, how about getting to the comic book store? What 
what is the reading list, my good man? Again, it's very, very small. Um, pick up the original run by Arnold Drake. It's got a name which will be in text in the show notes. Pick up the runs by Grant Morrison legally because that's you actually can. And do try and track down the Rachel Pollock run. They did mention a collection back in 2017, which never materialised, which really pissed me off. Uh, but um, well worth reading if you can pick those up. Every bit as good as Grant Morrison's. Build on it without destroying it. And other than that, if you if you are an Umbrella Academy fan, do pick up Jared Way's run. But it is worth reading just for Nick Darrington's art. And that's it. Just those four versions. Honestly, if you want the best of the Doom Patrol, watch seasons one and two, Blu-ray, DVD, digitally, stream it, watch it. You will not regret it. Can't get more definitive than that. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. As I said, if you would like to hear more about any of the individual characters... Do be sure to vote for them. Um, there are some of them, such as Danny the Street, which won't necessarily be able to fill a full episode in. So, if you're unsure, as Steve said, tweet him. And he'll happily have a lovely conversation with you all day long. about said character. Oh, yes, all day long as well. So, prepare yourself. Maybe you do it when you're not working. Um, yes, be sure to keep watching the social medias to see what the next subject will be. Start getting your questions in and do send in your requests and your votes for what you would like to hear about. As ever, all your votes count. They are carried forward. We will get to them eventually. Dr. Fate. He's, he's Dr. slowly Fate, Dr. working. So ready for the group. Yes. Got a bit ahead of yourself. Just for the record, everyone, Starman, I think it's Starman, is four votes behind Dr. Fate. So if you're going to vote for Starman, do it now so Steve doesn't get too invested in Dr. Fate again. Well, I'm Starman, I know next to nothing. Uh, we'd need to get Matt B. Lloyd and or Aussie Steve in for oh. an episode because I am almost your guys' level knowledge with all the different Starmans there have been. Because there's been a few. It's just so, one guy. Oh, God, no. This one's a, uh, yeah, deep. This one's another pepperoni special. This one's got all the layers, mate. Ground beef, the works, ham. No pineapple, though, because that's just a different yeah. podcast. I mean, I can see, like start, like you said, Starman's like, what, four, four votes behind Dr. Fate. I can see a certain individual voting a couple of times under different aliases. Yeah, mm. has he got the same name as me? But he lives down under. Uh, I think so. He yeah, lives yeah, in the left down under. So. Yeah, top man. And Moon Knight as well. Moon Knight's only. Oh, I love Moon Knight. We need to get Scott for that. Diverse behind. Scott is the Again. number one Moon Knight fan. Uh, I know a lot about Moon Knight. I love Moon Knight, but Scott's knowledge would probably dwarf my own. I'm quite happy to admit that. I put a uh, I put a post up on Insta of Moon Knight, and I think he got a little bit happy. And he said he put saying in Discord, he's like, "Oh my god, I saw you put a post up on Instagram about Moon Knight. Are you going to do that?" Like, Moon Knight rules. Moon Knight's a fantastic character, really good character. Yeah. One of Marvel's best and most underrated, as far as I'm concerned. 
No oh, doubt. There you go. No doubt in my mind. If you would like to hear more about said characters, send your votes Vote. in. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, collectively, we can be found on the Instagrams, the Facebooks, and the Twitters just by searching for Superheroes for Dummies. Individually, Dan, where can the fine people of the world find you? The fine people of the world can find me on the deep, dark Twitterverse under the handle dark underscore Ronan84. So that's dark underscore R-O-N-I-N 84. Thank you very much. Mr. Steve, what about you? Where can people find you in the interwebs? The easiest way is to listen to this show or to listen to the DC Comics News podcast or to listen to the I Am The Night podcast, which I make with our sound editor, Mr. Adam Ray, um, talking about Batman the Animated Series. To read my work, just type the words Fantastic Universes or the words Steve J. Ray into your search engine of choice and they'll take you to my news, reviews and interviews across DC Comics News, Dark Knight News, Fantastic Universes and I finally made it now on Comic Book Resources. Yes, I'm writing for CBR as well. So just do that and they'll take you to all those wonderful places where you can read my insane and inane ramblings. And hopefully you might even like some of them. But Paul, Mr. Mack... Where can farting donkeys, giant cockroaches, sentient streets, living comic book characters, and everything that comes in between find you and your destruction of the endless type ways? <laughs> Indeed, you can find me. Where can you find me? You can find me on the Twitters at Paul Mac. It's been so long since I've done this. P A U L D A M A C. Uh, you can go to superdummy.co.uk where there are links to all the individual episodes and there are some beginner's guides for the characters to tease you in to listen to the episodes. I'm quite behind. I have filled up all my time because I also have a new show. Which is fantastic. fantastic Universes podcast. Brilliant. Thank you I love it. Kindly. It's where we hear from lots of lovely people about their geek journey. So do be sure to give that a listen. Uh, yeah. As I say, it's been so long since I've done this. I think that's everything. Um, make sure you listen to all the other shows on the network. There is amazing stuff for everyone. Give us a like, subscribe, the five-star review. Tell your friends, your family, your neighbours, your enemies, your strangers, people in the pub. We can go to the pub now. Yeah, talking about trenches, the donkeys just try not to disappear down them mm-hmm. thank you very much for listening we are superheroes for dummies we are produced by steve and adam ray edit and mix by adam ray music from professor elemental and we are a proud member of comics in motion and if you come into this show thinking you're a dummy you'll leave every episode a hero and if you come in thinking you're a hero already We'll just supercharge your donkey powers. <laughs> and never forget your requests, your votes, your episodes. Every hero needs theme music and this is mine. Find a beat that shines, renewed spirit and mind. Spitfire when I swing in with
some friends of mine Rewired till I arrive at the end of time This is music to play in black holes Alternative futures Retune to play on your onboard computer A song to play in Batmobiles Or Plastic Man's iPod Zatanna backwards magic words Or Marvel Man, my god Fire up the turbines, the game's afoot Underwear over tights is now a good look If there's been monkey business, I head off on a mission I'm ready for anything in a head-on collision So listen all vagabonds, scoundrels and villains Beware because it's on, this is just the beginning No cape, just a time belt with vivid shine Every hero needs theme music and this is mine Ladies and gentlemen, back to the lab Big, big way, cause here I come Professor Drinking his tea Now, your theme music stands strong in the storm or easily breeze through it. I'm passing a mantle, bestowing a gift. It might take you some training before you know what it is. It's the bite of a spider that's radioactive. Its mutant synapses becoming finally active when no one else could ever really walk in your shoes. Walking into exams or out of job interviews to deal with every evil ex or several devilish kids. To enter the ring already a legend, ready to win whenever it is. Every right to work on a Monday. In a hurricane, tired and you're underpaid, find you want to run away. Hey, face front, true believer. If you don't believe in you, then they won't either. This is the teaser trailer for your blockbuster event, and you're at the center. This is so intense. Well, I just... 